0: to Romans chapter 11, and at this time, too, as uh, the adults are looking at Bibles, either in a hard copy or on the phone, the children would be dismissed for children's church with Miss Steph and Miss Mare. Those are children from kindergarten through sixth grade, Uh, so children would be dismissed, and uh, we're going to look then at Romans chapter 11, uh, Matthew, first book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts and then Romans. Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. This is the doxology or uh, Paul's song of praise to God after these first 11 chapters, the theology that he has uh, before heading into some of the practical, what does this mean? But he says in Romans chapter 11, verse 33, O oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today we continue this series on lifting up our low view of God. And we've been in this series looking at the various attributes of God, uh, the various characteristics of who He is, talking about and looking at the fact that the if we have a lower view of God, our awe and our worship and our hunger and our desire for God will be rather low. But if we have a higher view of God, if we see him as he is, then it elevates our awe. We sang about the God of wonders. We, we sang about the cross being in awe of you. The more we see God in the highness of who he is, in his wonder, in his glory, not on our level, but on his level, which is much bigger, we'll see in a moment, the more our worship grows, the more our hunger grows for him. So today we're talking about... The infinitude of God. So if we can put that up, that slide up. We're talking about the infinitude of God. And infinitude, these are Tozer. We're using the, the book, The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer as kind of a guide. And so uh, he talks about the infinitude of God. In other words, God is infinite. God is infinite. And so we'll, we'll talk about what that means. But um, a while ago, I brought out some bowls and In the message, we're looking at the attribute of God that he is incomprehensible, not that we can't know him. He has revealed himself in scriptures, revealed himself in nature. He's revealed himself in Jesus. But the idea is that we will not be able to grasp the fullness of who he is because he is the infinite God and we are the finite creation we talked about how, and this is a terrible illustration because it doesn't even get close. The big bowl being God, the small bowl being us. And sometimes we will, when we have a low view of God, we will make him like us on the same level. And so there's not a lot of awe, there's not a lot of wonder. But where it is, really, is God is high, he is infinite, we are lower, we are finite. And so he is in a class all by himself, and we are the created. He's the creator, we're the created. And so what will happen is if we have this kind of view of God where we're on the same level as he is, rather than he's infinite and we are finite, what will often happen is the amount of of understanding that we have of him will also be the amount of expectation that we will have for what God can do. So if we see him as just like one of us, Our expectation for what he is able to do and what he will do in our lives, in our situations, in our worship gatherings, in our prayer meetings, in our small groups, in our times of personal time, coming in prayer and around scripture, even in the difficult situations that we have, we're going to have kind of just human expectations of God. And God is so much more than our expectations, And so when we have a high view of God and we see him as the infinite one and we as the finite and we we get our eyes off of us down here and up to him and understand him more, our expectation goes that there is absolutely nothing that is impossible with God. That when we gather together, there is absolutely nothing that he cannot do. We talked in a Bible study on Tuesday, the discipleship group that I'm a part of on Tuesday morning, and, and the comment was made, I just can't wait, one of the members said, I just can't wait to come to church because I, don't, I can't wait to see what God's going to do the next time. That's expectation that's being lifted up. That's excitement. That's saying, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but I can't wait to see it. And we don't set the agenda and say, this is what you have to do. But we say, God, you can do anything you want. But if we have a view of God that's on our own level, boy, we're not going to really expect too much because I don't know about you, but if it's up to me, the bar is probably going to be pretty low because I'm going to expect about what I can offer. And I honestly, in myself, I can't offer that much. But if we come to God as the infinite one, boy, there's no limit for what he can do. Amen? So that's where we want to kind of look today. We want to look at this idea that God is infinite because as we do, and we see that he's beyond our limits, Tozer says it sets us up for him to surprise us, to overwhelm us, to astonish us. And that's where kind of religion gets broken apart. Just the rules and just going through the, the rituals and going through the, the behaviors. But it's where all wonder, worship, and intimacy with him all begin to increase. So the more we understand he's infinite and we're finite, the more these things will grow. Expectation will grow. So let's seek to figure this out, understand this, and understand that when we're talking about a God who is infinite and we're finite, there's going to be levels that we're just not going to get to, and that's okay. But sermon notes are in your bulletin. If you're a note taker, fill them out. They're going to be the fill in's on the screen, you can follow along. So let's seek to understand this. Begin to understand God's infinitude. And again, this idea, infinitude, is just that He is infinite. And infinite means that God is limitless. God is limitless. We read in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 to 36, you see this idea that God is infinite, that He is limit, uh, limitless. Because Paul says, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable. It's beyond our ability to search it all out, his judgments. And his paths, his ways, are beyond our tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has, on a finite level, been able to understand the mind of the infinite God? And who has been his counselor? We haven't told him, God, this is what you should do. The finite doesn't get to tell the infinite that. Who has ever given to God that God should be our debtor to repay us? Because for from him and through him and to him are all things. Paul is seeking to communicate that God is infinite He's bigger. He is without limits. It's the infinite versus the finite. Three uh, implications to look at. And these are three that Tozer draws out. And I thought, this is way better than I can do. So I want to share them with you. Okay? Three implications of understanding God's infinitude that will hopefully help us to understand what this looks like. It means, first that God alone is infinite. God alone is infinite. He says that infinite, the word infinite has been used improperly in our human language. Because what we say often is, a parent with a child, oh, that parent has infinite patience with that child. If you're a Pixar Disney fan, and Toy Story, you have Buzz Lightyear. How many are familiar with Buzz Lightyear? He says what? To infinity and beyond. Well, now we all know that a human being, <laughs> these are not really accurate of us. Only God When it's properly used, can the term infinity and the word infinity be used? Because that parent, and I'm talking as one who possesses infinite patience with their child. If there are parents in the room, I know there are. I know that there. You would all say with me, there is a limit to that patience. It's not infinite. It's finite. And Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, certainly cannot go to infinity and beyond. He's a toy in a story, for crying out loud. And it's not possible. A created being cannot go to infinity and then beyond. Only God. Only God is infinite. Infinitude can only be possessed by him not by people, not by created things. God alone is infinite. Second, God knows no bounds. This is what it means for him to be infinite. He knows no bounds. Again, Tozer says that words aren't used to define this properly, which gives us this lower view of God. Again, a child, you may see a child running around and running around and running around and running around and people will say, that child has boundless energy as if that kid is never going to stop. And in the moment, it may feel like that kid is never going to stop. There's boundless energy, but you've all seen that kid with boundless energy lying in the middle of the floor or on the steps or his face planted in his food at dinner, because there is a limit to how much energy even that child That seems like they have boundless energy, has. Eventually, that child is going to crash. Because everything and everyone has a limit, except, except God. God knows no boundary, God has no limits, God knows no bounds. And third and finally, this is what it means to say that God is infinite, is to say that God is measureless. Tozer says that measure is the way created things have of accounting for themselves. The way created things have of accounting for themselves. For instance, Measurement describes limitations or imperfections like weight. Weight is the gravitational pull on a physical material body. There's a limit to it or an imperfection to it. Length is how far something goes in space. There are other measurements for things like liquid, energy, sound, light, and numbers. We also try to measure abstract qualities. Things like great faith or little faith. High intelligence or low intelligence. A large amount of talent or a small amount of talent. These limitations that we put on created things are meant to measure these imperfections, these limits upon which created things have. But God, God has no limits. So God has no way to measure him. He's beyond measure. And so you can see that if we put God at a low view on us, and we try to say that there are people and things that are infinite, it lowers the view of him. If We try to say that we have no boundaries, no limitations on what we can do and what we accomplish. Then it limits our view of God. He's like us. If we say that there are things that are measureless, then it lowers, uh, that are us, things of us. Then it lowers our view of God. Only God is infinite. Only he knows no bounds. And only he is measureless. Tozer sums this up with this statement. I thought it was really good, so I want to share it. He writes Is it not plain that all this does not and cannot apply to God? It is the way we see the works of his hands, but not the way we see him. So notice that. It's not him, it's what he does, are all these measureless, uh, all these things that have measure. He is above all this. He's outside of it. He's beyond it. Our concepts of measurement embrace mountains and men, atoms and stars, gravity, energy, numbers, speed, but never God. We cannot speak a measure or amount or size or weight and at the same time be speaking of God. For these tell of degrees and there are no degrees in God. All that he is is, He is without growth or addition or development. Nothing in God is less or more or large or small. He is what he is in himself. Without qualifying thought or word, he is simply God. This is who he is. He is infinite, measureless, limitless, knowing no bounds, and he alone is infinite. So what's our response to all of this? This is where I want us to spend the rest of our time this morning before we take communion together. What's our response to this? Our response is to receive from this infinite God. To receive from this infinite God. You know, God gives us lots of gifts for us to receive. Just waking up this morning, a new day, is a gift Having food to eat and water to drink and clothes to wear and a car to drive to get in drive in to get here, these are all gifts from God. However, we often look for the gifts that are of this created world, the physical stuff. And God wants to give us all those things. He's the giver of every perfect, good and perfect gift. But all of these, because they belong to the created order, all of them are finite. There's an end to all of them, which means they're not going to last. They're for a purpose. But God, he offers much more than the physical. This is that expectation piece. We come to him, if we have a low view of God, we expect only physical things. But the higher view of God that we have, we begin to... Expect from him not only the physical things that we need. But we begin to expect that the infinite God is going to give us infinite gifts. When was the last time you thought about the gifts of God being infinite? If we're lower, everything has an end. He met my need. He healed my body. He got me through that difficulty. There was an end to it. He accomplished it. But are there things that God wants to give us that are not finite, that are actually infinite, that actually never end? I believe that there absolutely are. And I want to share three of them this morning that we can look at and we can receive. Three that Tozer hits on and I want to expand them this morning. The first, receive from the infinite, receive infinite life. Infinite life. If you're in Romans, you're just going to turn back a a few books. You'll come to Romans and then to Acts. To Acts, or you come to Romans, Acts, and then John, excuse me. John chapter 17. John chapter 17, verse 3. This is the night that Jesus is betrayed, the night before he dies on the cross, and he is praying. He prays first for himself, then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers. That's us still here today. He's praying future. But we want to just look at the first few verses, specifically verse 3. Just to give you the context, John chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, "'Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son.'" That your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life. Notice this. Eternal life to all those you have given him. Focus on verse 3. Now this, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life, we can say, is infinite life. Last week, we talked about the fact that God is eternal, and so he is able to give us eternal, everlasting life. Eternal life is really this idea of being brought into the infinite, the infinite life of God, the without-limits life of God. It's his being eternal. Jesus says that he offers us this eternal infinite life. And what is this life? Notice he doesn't say, this life is heaven. Notice he doesn't say it's pearly gates and streets of gold. Notice he doesn't say reunited with family and friends who have passed on. He doesn't say any of that. Now, that's not necessarily wrong. There is that. But what does he say eternal, infinite life is? Eternal, infinite life is that they may know you the only true God, he's speaking to his Father, and me, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is not getting out of here and going to heaven forever. If that is what you want, you don't want God. John Piper talks about if your eternity doesn't have Jesus in it, you don't really have an idea of what heaven is. Because heaven is not heaven without Jesus, without God, without the Holy Spirit. And so infinite, eternal life is not just something future. It is relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And eternal life, infinite life, is not something that happens when we die. Eternal life happens the moment you place your faith in Jesus. Eternity starts there. So infinite, eternal life really is about relationship. It is about being brought in because a low view of God reduces God to all the stuff that he can give us. A high view of God says we are being brought into and he is sharing with us his life. And everything that God is, he is bringing us into his life. We don't become him, but we experience that life that God is has, and is. And so infinite life becomes the reality of relationship with him. And the degree to which we experience this life is the degree to which we depend on him, we walk with him, we talk with him, We allow him to live through us. And it's inseparable from Jesus. It's inseparable from the work of the Holy Spirit. Receiving infinite life comes from living in relationship with God. You know, it's the difference between a a husband and wife who live under the same roof and they may give things to each other. They may supply one another's needs. They may help each other out. But all that their relationship is built around is, what can I give you? What can you give me? That, in essence, would be a low view of God. But a high view would be this relationship, this couple growing and knowing each other, not hiding anything, knowing one another, knowing and being known. Giving of themselves sacrificially, not just for stuff, but allowing their life to be fully invested in the other and the other in return. Of living as marriage is intended to be, of one flesh. Where you, don't, where you grow to the point where you don't know where they end and you begin. It's not just what the other person is doing for you and what you're doing for them. This is shared life, one flesh and this is that same kind of relationship that God has in store for us in increasing ways both now and for eternity where we become so much a part of who he is that his life his eternal infinite life flows more and more and we experience his life in increasing ways And these are only the kinds of things that we begin to learn as we spend time with him, as we say, I want to know you. I want to get to know you more. And the more we get to know him, the more we see his life. The more we sang about this morning, we humble ourselves, we bend our knee. The more we humble ourselves before him, the more his life begins to be infused in us. Receive from God infinite Receive from God also. Secondly, infinite mercy and grace. If you were there in Romans a few moments ago, go back, go through Acts and then Romans to Romans chapter 5 this time. Romans 5 verses 20 and 21. Following on this idea, Paul talks about how death came through Adam back in the garden. And in Adam All of humanity sinned, and therefore death came into the world. All sinned because Adam sinned. Death, Adam died, therefore we all die. But Jesus came so that as he died on the cross and was resurrected and paid for our sin, life now comes to all who believe. For all who trust in him, life comes. Death came through Adam, life comes through. Through Christ. Verses 20 to 21, Paul encapsulates the argument, closes the argument and the, the teaching with this. The law, Romans 5.20, the law was added so that the trespass or the sin or that sin might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring, and here's again, eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul is saying this, that as the law came, God gave Moses the law for his people, and we have the law. As the law increases, so also our sin increases. Why is that? Because the more rules that we give... The more those rules are abided by, right? Is that true? The more rules are given, the more those rules are abided by, followed, right? That's how it works. (laughs) I I don't know about you, but every time somebody gives me a rule, I'm like, yeah, all right, more rules. What do we do? We break them. I want to make sure you're still with me. That that got you back a little bit. All right. When there are rules, what Paul is saying, as the law was added, we didn't get better. We just now had things to break. (laughs) And as we have things to break, sin increases. And you and I feel sin increase. You and I feel the guilt and the shame increase. You and I feel not only sin increase... But you and I feel the effects of sin increase. It's not just that I talked bad about you. It's that when you find out I talked bad about you, what does that do to you? You now feel, oh, I want to get back at him. How could he say that about me? I can't believe that he thinks that. Not only is it the sin that I committed, but now it's the effect And so every time I sin and every time you sin, it's not just the sin that increases, but it's the effects of the sin. therefore, the effects of the brokenness and why our world gets more and more and more and more broken. Because our sin increases and the brokenness that comes from it increases. That's kind of depressing, isn't it? That's depressing. That's depressing. But that gives us a pretty good view on why is the world so broken and messed up? Because sin increases, brokenness from it increases. But here's the good news. Paul says that through Christ and through the eternal life that he has for us, as sin grows, as sin abounds, so also grace and mercy abound. And sin is of this world. Sin is finite. Sin had a beginning, and sin will have an end. The effects of sin had a beginning, and the effects of sin will have an end. But God, does God have any end? Does God have any limits? No. God is infinite, which means his grace and his mercy are infinite, they are limitless. So no matter how big sin gets, no matter how bad the effects of sin break this world, there is always more grace. And there is always more mercy. And so you may feel like sin and its effects are just crushing you. But the good news of an infinite God is that there is grace that's bigger. There's mercy that's bigger, that is more. Because the infinite God welcomes you into himself where his infinite grace and his infinite mercy flood and break the power of sin. And cover over all the brokenness. (laughs) That's why when we understand what we're singing, Love Ran Red that we see the power of the cross, that no matter how much I do and no matter how much you do and no matter how much we hurt each other in this world, there is more grace from an infinite God that is poured out upon us. And it may not always be easy, but when we press into him and we say, I need your grace, I need your mercy to help me not to do the things that I've done. He welcomes us just as we are into his life But he doesn't welcome us so we stay like that. He welcomes us in so his grace and his mercy begin to change us. And so when the brokenness of our lives and the brokenness of other lives come and affect us, his grace can cover us. His mercy can cover us. Until one day, this finite thing of sin will be no more. And it will only be infinite grace. It will only be infinite grace. Mercy, And it will only be infinite life. It's found in our infinite God. And it's found by coming and receiving and saying, I'm desperate for your grace. And grace isn't something that you just had if you received Jesus as your Savior. Sometimes we get stuck there, I, I received that. Grace should be something that is new and is poured out every day. And every time something comes up of sin or brokenness, In our lives or in the lives of others, it should cause us to run to him because his infinite grace and mercy, we need it. We need it in this broken, sin-filled world. The infinite God with infinite mercy and infinite grace, but also, lastly, infinite love. Infinite love. If you're in Romans, keep moving back a little ways. You'll come to 1 Corinthians, then 2 Corinthians, then a small book, Galatians, And then another small book right after it, Ephesians. And this is where we'll seek to wrap up. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Paul is praying for believers in this city in Asia called Ephesus. And he's praying for these believers there. And in Ephesians 3, 16, through the end of the chapter, verse 21, he says, I pray that out of his, the Father's, glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Do you see the infinite life? You see Christ living in you and you in Christ, and the Father there strengthening you and the Spirit at work, all three at work, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established In what? In love. May have power together with all the saints, other believers, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And not just to know about it, but to know personally this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What kind of language is that? That's infinity language. (laughs) The infinite God that you would be filled with all the infinity of God. (laughs) Boy, do you think we have too low of a view? (laughs) Because when was the last time that you thought about something that was measureless and limitless and boundless and that is what is possible for you? You know what we usually say? Uh, I don't think that's true. You know why? Because we got a view of God down here. And His view, He's really all the way out there. And if your view is down here, you're going to say, I don't really think so. God, help us if we think that that is not true. Our view is entirely too low. Lift it up. He's infinite. I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody. Lift it up. Because if we really think, oh, all the fullness of God, God help us lift our eyes help our view of you to be increased because there when we we grasp that all the fullness of God with all of his life and all of his mercy and all of his love there is nothing that we should not expect him to do so Paul he has no other choice but to end it with this now to him who is able to do what (laughs) immeasurably What kind of language is that again? That's infinite language. Then all we ever even ask or imagine according to his power, which is what kind of power? Finite power or infinite power? Infinite power. That is at work where? All all, in other people or just around? Is at work where? In us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Receive from the infinite God. There is nothing that he cannot give you. He has it all. Without measure. Without limit. He's infinite. He's infinite. I know I've shared this illustration if you've been around. But i felt the Lord just prompt me to use it again because it came out of this passage that He gave me this picture. But really it's it's for everything. This funnel. When we think and we have a low view of God and we just look, I look back and I see the back of the side. I see everybody out in the overflow and I see everybody on okay, good. But I don't really see I don't see Jim over there. I don't see James over there. I, I'm limited. I see straight ahead. And if if I really am just going to be limited. I can just see, like, what's in front of me here at the be, at the beginning of that, whatever you call that. <laughs> but if I look out, see, a low view of God is just going to have us looking here, looking straight ahead. But if we delve into the life of God, we're going to travel through this spout, I guess you could say. We're going to travel through here, and we're going to come out into the funnel. And this funnel, for the sake of this illustration, doesn't end where I would just pour things. This funnel is going to go out high and deep and wide and long infinitely. Imagine. It goes out and it goes out. There is no end. This is the infinite God and what he has to receive, what he has to give us and what we have to receive. Like You and I can stay in a low view and we can just look ahead and be like, oh, cool. Life, that's for when I go to heaven someday. Mercy and grace, I received that when I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Love, oh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. All that's right, isn't it? But is that going to satisfy the deep things of our lives? Is that going to meet the deep problems that we have and the brokenness of our world? No. We gotta lean into and say, God, lift our view of you. Lean in. Help us to lean into you. Help us to know you more because when we do, we break into this and we have infinity of a God with infinite life and mercy and grace and love. And we will have literally an infinite amount of time to come to know and to receive from this infinite God. And we will never, ever, ever, ever even get close to getting to know all that he is. Tozer even talks about the fact that for angels, they don't understand mercy and grace. Do you know why? They've never sinned. So, they've never fully, they may understand the concept, but they have never experienced mercy and grace. And he goes so far as to say there are probably attributes of God that the angels know that you and I don't because we have no reason or no ability to understand them. If He's infinite, it's very possible. It just goes to show that there is a, the infinite God that we are never, ever going to grow bored with him. And we should never grow bored with him here. <laughs> and so if you know him and you're getting kind of just, ah, oh, I'm not sure, lean in and say, well, I want to know more of you. If you're here and you're listening and I'm like, you're like, I don't know if I know this God. I don't know if I've ever met this God. Today's the day. Jesus is the Savior, and He wants to welcome you into Himself. He wants to come and make a home in you. And if you're here and you're, you're like, boy, things are going well in my walk, and God's doing new and amazing things, just hold on because it's going to get even wilder. It won't end. And it's only going to get more and more and more and more and more. And that's good news. That is great, great news. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but that increases my expectation. And so that's a dashboard light, like a car dashboard warning light for my soul. If my expectation is kind of low, it's probably because my view of God right now is not as high as it needs to be. Because if he really is the infinite God, which he is, nothing, nothing is impossible. We don't come and say, this is what you're going to do. But we say, whatever you want to do, do it. Whatever you want to do, do it. We expect you to do infinitely more, immeasurably more, than we could ever even begin to ask or to hope for or to imagine. Amen? Amen. So if you would take those communion elements... We want to just spend a little time just receiving from him. Because when we do this, when we take communion, we are receiving infinite life. Jesus said that we are to eat of his body and drink of his blood. In other words, we don't believe that this is literally his body and this is literally his blood. But we do believe that Jesus is real food to us. He's spiritual food to us. So as we are coming and we are remembering and celebrating Jesus, we are saying, Jesus, we come to receive your life. He said he's the true vine, that that is where life comes from. By his spirit, through him, staying connected, life comes. And we're coming, and we're saying, we are dependent upon your mercy and your grace. We received your mercy and your grace at the cross, but we need your mercy and your grace afresh today. And you demonstrated your love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, you came and you died for us. We come to receive afresh of your love for us as we remember and as we celebrate Christ. And so this time really is time where we expect to encounter Jesus as we come to worship him, to give thanks to him, to honor him for his work on the cross. Scriptures are clear that you don't have to be a member of this church, but simply a member of the family of God, that you've received Jesus by faith, that you've received him as your Savior and as your Lord. Scriptures are also clear that if, as we sang, give us clean hands, give us pure hearts, that if there's something in your life right now, and you're like, I just know God's been speaking to me about this, and it's not right, and I haven't dealt with it yet, it's better just to spend some time working through that with God If there are others that you have broken relationship with and you know you haven't fixed that, just spend that time. Lord, how do we heal this? How do I fix this? And receive that from him. Receive that mercy and grace from him. But we come to remember and to celebrate that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, peel that top part back, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he told them, this is my body, which is given for you. In other words, receive it, receive it, receive the life, receive the mercy and grace, receive the love that's infinite as you do. And so Jesus, we thank you for your body given for us. We honor you and we worship you and we receive from you. Let us eat together. And as we often do, would you just give thanks and even would you offer to him what you need? Acknowledging that he's enough for your every need to spend a few moments with him. thank you, Jesus, for your body given for us. If you would peel that second layer off now. The scriptures say that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, that this is where mercy and grace, this is how mercy and grace has been offered. It's through the shed blood of Jesus. And so, Jesus said after supper, he took this cup and he gave it to his disciples. And he told them, this cup is the new covenant. It's the new way that we'd have relationship, the forgiveness of sin. It's through my blood. It's not through the blood of bulls and goats now. It's through my blood. And so receive. Receive my life. Receive, because in blood is life. Life is in the blood. Receive my mercy. Receive my grace. Receive my love. As we drink, we drink in remembrance of him. Let us drink together. And again, if you would just spend a few moments in thanksgiving to the Lord, receiving from him. Oh God, we receive from you. You, the infinite one. You, the one with no limits, with no bounds. You, the one who is not bound by measure. We receive from you. We receive life. And this life is in Christ. We receive your mercy and your grace. For as much as sin would affect us, we receive even more of your mercy and your grace. And we receive your love. A love that is not earned or deserved. A love that you have given freely. That we might know how high and how deep and how long and how wide is the love of God. Truly an infinite, love. So lift, lift our view of you. As we do, as you do that, lift our passion and our desire to run to you, to receive from you, to depend on you, to walk with you, to enjoy you, to seek you. We praise you. We worship you in Jesus' name.